If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. 
Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say All right, well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. You know, word of God speak. You know, that's what it's all about. God and Him speaking to His people. And the question is, because we know that He's always speaking, are you listening? Are you turning your ear to hear what His Spirit is saying? You know, the most repeated phrase from our Savior In the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and 4, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The most repeated phrase. And you know, it's not often that you hear that. Well, probably on this show you hear it a lot. 
But in most places, most people don't bring that up. And you'd think that if Jesus said that one, two, three, four, five, I think five times, probably pretty important. So develop your hearing. Developing your hearing. How do we do that? Well, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. So the first step is you have to belong to God. Number one, if you want to hear the voice of God, you have to first belong to God. Now, I'm not saying that God can't speak to you if you're not a Christian. But typically, if you, yeah, he can speak to a rock or through a rock. Oh, you're good. Good to have participation. You know, there's three kinds of people in the kingdom, if you want to break it down like this. There's spectators. Then you have your participators. Then you have your generators. Spectators look around because they want to see what's going on. What's happening? What are they doing? The participators, well, they like to get involved. They find out what's going on and what they're doing, and then they actively get involved, and it becomes not at that point what are they doing, but what am I doing? What are we doing for the kingdom, for, for God? And then you have your generators. And your generators, they don't really need outside influence, outside motivation. They just produce. They actually supply. They are so full that not only do they sustain, but they help others sustain and maintain. And so generators, so you have to kind of find out where are you in the scope of things. Are you one of those people? Look around and say, what happened? Because you have no clue what's going on. Find out what God's doing. Find out what God's doing in the earth. The first thing you can do to find that out, read the Bible. Read the Bible and find out what he already has said and declared and decreed that he's doing and will do. Because I can tell you right now, he's not a liar. And if he says that he's done it or he'll do it or he's going to do it or that he is doing it, Well, then you can take... But the second thing you can do... To find out what God's doing... Is find out where his people are at. And see what God's doing. Talk to them. Find out. Listen to the testimonies. Look at the miracles. See what's going on. So if you want to hear God's voice, number one... Belong to God. 
My sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Why? Because my sheep, I know them, and they know me, Jesus said. And if you know God, the Bible says you'll be strong and do great exploits. So there's a strength that comes through knowing. And that word knowing is the word yada in the Hebrew, to know. Same word that God used with Adam and Eve. Adam knew Eve and she conceived. It means to be intimately acquainted with, to be one. And the same word, they that know their God, the word know, same word yada in Greek, or I'm sorry, in Hebrew, we're in Old Testament, sorry. In the Hebrew is intimate, to know, to be intimately acquainted with. And God wants you to know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul said, I know him and the power of his resurrection. Jesus said, Father, I know you and you know me and we're one. And my prayer is that they will know me and know you and they will be like, we're one, they'll be one. So Jesus' prayer, one of them, was that his people be one with God. And how did that happen? Because they were intimate, they were acquainted with God. So how do you get to know God? How do you communicate with God? Number two, if you want to know God's voice, you need to pray. You need to pray. You need to talk to God. You need to communicate to God. The Bible says, draw near to God and what? He will draw near to you. You see, you reap what you sow. So if you begin to speak to God, God's going to reciprocate. As his child, once you become his child, if you're his child, as you begin to speak to God, he's going to reciprocate. He's going to begin to speak back. I know this because he tells us in Jeremiah 33.3, he makes it real simple. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not or that you do not know or that you know not whatever version you're reading. My wife is sitting here just quoting it along and it's true. Call unto me and I will answer you. So as you begin to call, as you begin to talk, as you begin to cry out to God, as you begin to pray, as you begin to say, see, Jesus said, when you pray, say. That means you don't just think your prayers to God. Although he knows what you have need of before you ask. But he tells us specifically, ask. He tells us specifically, when you pray, say. Matthew 6, 6, right? Jesus, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, whatever you want to call it. Pray, say, so as you speak to God, as you talk to God, as you draw near to God, as you communicate with Him, you're going to reap a harvest. You're going to reap what you sow. 
God will answer you. And not only will he speak, he will show. Not only will you hear things, you'll see things. Do you know that you have the ability? The Bible says the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. And now let's look at this. In, in a sense, man is a triune being, right? We're body, we're spirit, we're soul, we're, we're body, we're our physiology, our physical. You know, we, we have skin and bones and organs and tissues and muscles and parts. And that's what we call our body. But then we have our soul, our our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now, sometimes we confuse the spirit and the soul. So we're going to break it down like this. When I say soul, I mean that part of you that's the mind, the will, and the emotions, the mental capacity, the emotional capacity, the the desire, the will capacity of you. That's that part of you. And then you have the spirit which is the part of you, the you, that lives inside the body, co-functions and co-relates and works with the soul. But it's that part of you that communicates, that houses the presence, that engulfs and inhabits God's spirit. It's the part of you that communicates with God. The part of you that touches God. Part of you that is touched by God. All right, so when you're praying... You're communicating with God. You're speaking to God. You're having a heart-to-heart, a just having a heart-to-heart talk. And God says he'll answer you. So how does he answer you? The question is how does God speak to us? How do you know when God's speaking to you? Well, Jesus said this, my sheep hear my voice. When God speaks throughout the Bible, you can see many ways God spoke audibly. God spoke internally. God spoke circumstantially. God spoke through dreams. God spoke through angels. And God spoke through the mouths of men and women, via prophets, apostles, preachers, teachers, shepherds, even at times through the mouth of animals. So God speaks to us in all kinds of different ways. 
And see, a lot of times what religion does is we try to put God, religious people, and so let me not say we, because I try not to be religious. We can all get in a rut, believe me. What happens is men try to put God in a box. People. And when you have an experience or an encounter with God, it's easy to kind of landmark or, you know, mark that experience and say, this is the way God does it, because this is the way God did it for me. And so a lot of times people will have an experience with God. And because that's their experience, they seem to think that that's how God is going to speak or encounter or inhabit or work in the lives of men and women the very same way. And see, the Bible says that God does whatever he pleases. The Bible says that there's not enough books in the Bible itself to contain all the works of Jesus and all the acts of God. And this is the thing. If you look at Genesis all the way to the book of Malachi for the Old Testament, mainly you'll see stories more so than just the epistles. You know, like the New Testament has a lot of epistles and different letters whereas the Old Testament is mainly stories and history and life lessons but you look at all the men and all the women throughout the Old Testament and the way that God encountered them and interacted with them one was different from the other Moses had a burning bush Noah had an ark Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego met the man in the fiery furnace Paul, in the New Testament, on the road to Damascus, met God when he was blinded and knocked off his high horse. Mary was greeted by an angel in the New Testament telling her that she was going to give birth to the Savior. But Elisha and Elijah, as they stood there, and all of a sudden all the angels and all the chariots began to appear before them, and God God began to show them the warrior angels that were before them. Here God reveals a messenger angel to Mary in one season of time, but thousand or so years back here are the prophets and God showing them the armies of God the angels of God that are with them and so God is constantly revealing himself in many different ways here we have Joseph a dreamer dreaming dreams but yet Ananias in the Old Testament has a vision right before he lays hands on Paul and his sight's restored. Listen. God may speak similar ways. God may reveal himself in similar ways. 
But to each individual, it's personal. It's intimate. It's special. And we can't put God in a box. So number one, know God. Number two, pray. Number three, open in your spirit. Be open in your mind. Don't limit God. Don't put God in a box. Number three, take the limits off. Take the limits off. You know, what we need to do is stop trying to define who God is and stop trying to dictate how he's going to do it. Squeezing the life out of people because we think our theology fits the mold and if they don't fit the mold, then there's no way God can use them. No way God can speak to them. And if it's not happening this way, then there's no way that's God. So we need to get out of this thinking. We need to take the limits off. Get out of your box. Knock your walls down. We need to be a church without walls. We need to be a people. Not hard-hearted people. Not not stupid people either. We, the Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. That no man builds a tower without first considering the cost. So there's always a cost to consider. There's always a a discerning. There's always a trying of the testing of the spirits and weighing out matters before you just accept things blindly. So you always have that angle. You always have that factor in the mix because we don't just accept everything as being from God. Although he's sovereign. And he says all things work together for the good. He says that some things come from people. Some things come from God. Some things come from the devil. But some things are manifested and manufactured, contrived of yourself. And so you better find out what's coming from the Lord. And you better know when it's coming from the enemy. And be very keen to guard your heart and check your motives and make sure you're not contriving things yourself just to suit your own needs. We do it all the time. People do these things all the time. So always check yourself. Jesus says, Ask and you shall receive. Because you have have not, because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. And that word ask amiss means you ask with the wrong motives. That's the reason your prayers aren't answered. Sometimes you're doing things with the wrong motive, with the wrong intention, with the wrong thought in mind. If you want to hear God clearly, have the right attitude. Have the right motive. Make sure your heart's not divided. 
And if it is, allow God. See, David said what? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. Psalm 51, what? Created me a clean heart, O God. What does he say? Take not your Holy Spirit from me. What is he saying? Look, purify my heart. Check me in my heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, what? Be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Why? He wanted to make sure what was going on on the inside of him was pleasing to God. And if it wasn't, he wanted to make sure he was being sensitive to God enough that God would show him and speak to him and reveal to him those things that were separating him from God. And there's things in our life that separate us from God and it keeps us from hearing from God. Why is this so important to hear from God? The Bible says what? We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So do you want a spiritual life? Do you want a Christian life? Do you want an abundant life, a fulfilled life, a successful life? It's only going to come from walking in the word of the Lord, walking in the things that God has spoken and declared and decreed over your life. If I want a successful life, it's only going to be within the parameters of what God has declared and decreed over my life. If I want my family, my my wife to be successful, she's only going to be successful. Our family is only going to be successful within the degree that God has spoken over her life, over their lives. And I'm telling you, that's how it's going to work in your life. So what is God saying over your life? Do you want to hear God belong to him? Pray. Have an undivided heart. Have the right motives. Have the right attitude. And then begin to obey him. Begin to obey him. In the little things. Be faithful in the little things. See, he's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for faithfulness. He's not necessarily looking for all this ability, all this talent. He's looking for availability. Consistency. Somebody that will follow through. And I know in my life there's been lack. There's been seasons in my life where I've suffered because I didn't follow through. Because I wasn't consistent. Because I didn't obey God to the degree he told me to. And I do believe God can take our mistakes and turn them into miracles. But I also believe there's seasons of time, there's opportunities that are missed 
and seasons that are lost because some things have an expiration date on them. And so be sensitive to your season. Pay attention to your dreams. Pay attention to the signs and the billboards on the sides of the road. Listen to those impressions in your heart. Those are all great things. But you know what? More than anything, listen and follow the word of the living God. And when those other things and those other ways God's speaking to you, when you begin to search those other methods or options, make sure it lines up with the word of God. And you're discerning, is that God speaking to me? Check it with the word of God. Check your motives. Check your dreams. Check people's advice. Scrutinize it with the word of God. Let that be your measuring rod. Let that be your compass, so to speak. You're not going to hear God's voice clearly if you do not have a foundation in his word. You see, that's the way our hearts are cultivated. That's the way all the stuff is pried out of our lives as we get the word of God in our lives. It sort of brings all the impurities to the surface. See, when you pour pure water into something, and you keep pumping water into it, and pumping water into it, I've done this. Now all the water starts spilling over the top and lifting up everything that's in that water. Eventually, you have nothing but water because everything else pushes out. And so you just have water. And the more pure water you pump in and the more of the other stuff pours out. All of a sudden it's pure. See what we need is for God to pour his pure water in, for God's word to get on the inside of us and to begin to push out the darkness, the light to push the darkness out. Listen, if you're in the light, if you're in the dark, excuse me, if you're in the dark, it just takes one little tiny light to eradicate all the darkness, a little bit of light, and there's no more darkness. If you'll just start to get a little bit of God's word on the inside of you, if you'll just start to read the Bible, if you'll start to listen to wise counsel, if you'll start to pray and allow God to just give you little bits and pieces of direction in your heart, it'll begin to eradicate all the darkness. It'll begin to push back all the confusion. And that word will bring you peace. I guess you could say what the challenge is is to stay consistent 
The Bible says, he who keeps his mind on me, I will keep him in perfect peace. So you keep your mind on God. You keep your mind on the word of God. You meditate constantly. The Bible says in Old Testament, the Israelites were told to meditate night and day on the word of the living God because it brought peace. So if you want peace, and you've got to have peace, you've got to be rested in your soul. It's got to be quiet on the inside for you to hear God clearly. Now, that doesn't mean that in the middle of a busy day, in the middle of your busy life, you can't still have peace on the inside, and you can't still hear God in the middle of your chaos at times. Because that's exactly what God wants, is for you to be so in tune on the inside and so at peace and so at rest and so at one with God that no matter what's going on on the outside, no matter what's trying to affect you externally, no matter what's trying to get at you or who's trying to get at you, you stay consistent on the inside with God. That's a challenge. It's not easy, and you'll fail that test many times, more so than not, probably. But that's what God wants us to do. Seek first his kingdom. And then that addition comes. Seek first Jesus and his ways, and the peace which passes all understanding comes. Seek Jesus and get in his presence and all of a sudden the joy of the Lord is your strength and all of a sudden the joy comes in his presence. And he replaces it. He takes away the mourning. He takes away the sorrow. He gives you joy. You're struggling and you can't make ends meet and there's lack and all of a sudden you seek out the Lord and He begins to provide because you place your faith in him as your provider. And it's a process. It's a learning curve. It's it's a building that relationship with God. And that's what God desires for us to have a relationship with him. For us to have a friendship with God. To be a friend of God. Do you know God wants to be your friend? Not just your father. Not just your savior. Not just your provider. But your friend. We're going to go into a song briefly and then we're going to pray. In your ways 
Well, it's going to be worth it all. You know, whatever you go through in this life, whatever we all have to suffer or miss out on, give up or sacrifice, whatever the situation, Jesus says, look, whatever you lay down in this life, you'll be rewarded in the next life. And even at times, not only in the next life, but even in this life, you'll be rewarded because God's a rewarder of those that are diligently seeking him. You know, he says, your treasure is where your heart is. You know, wherever your heart is, wherever your affections are, that's that's what you value. That's That's what God says is valuable in your life. You know, at the end of your life, what what are you going to bring to God? But you say, God, I look what I thought was valuable. Look, God, this is what I thought was valuable. This is what I spent my whole life doing. I know there's things in my life I need to check. There's things in my life I need to lay down. Because really, at the sum of it, when it all really is said and done, none of it really matters. None of it has any value. Most of the things in our lives, do they really have eternal value? Do they really have weight in God's kingdom? That's all we need to know him. That's why we need to know his voice. What does he think about the things? What does he say about these things? What does God think has value or has importance? And are those the things that you think are important. Those are the things that have value in your life. Are they? Let's pray. Father, I just lift up every person tonight, every man, every woman, every person, that you would just draw them to yourself, draw them to your heart. Give them ears to hear. Give them eyes to see. Give them a heart to know you and and the ability to communicate with you. Father, draw them close to you, Lord. Put in them the desire to reach and call out to you, Father. And Lord, do what you say and answer them and show them those things. Father, lead them and guide them, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you would be a father to the fatherless, that, Lord, you would be a healer to those that are sick, that, Father, you would be a provider to those that need provision, that need help, Lord, that you would be abundant to those that are lacking in their life. And, Father, you would be joy to those that, Father, need that strength and, and, and need to be relieved of that sorrow or that pain. Lord, you're a good God, and we just declare that tonight. You're a good God. And we'll have no other gods before you, Jesus. God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah God. Just thank you. We pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Prayer International Radio. We'll see you, or actually we won't see you. We'll uh, be back on the air again tomorrow night. God bless you.